Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from the home office along with Brendan Escott back in the 630 Chad studios. 2 o'clock today, we'll have a global news weather traffic update with Eileen. And then at uh, 2.05, 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen and I, ongoing COVID-19 pandemic coverage uh, throughout the course of the day on 6.30 chat, including uh, the global news hour from 6 to 7. Reed Wilkins inside sports tonight, 7 until 8 o'clock. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for uh, the menu. And a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. All right, as promised, um, we're going to hook up with the longtime uh, Vancouver-based writer Ben Kuzma from Post Media. Ben, how are you doing? Good afternoon. Are we safe? Are you keeping? I worry about you and social distancing. You're such a gregarious guy. You know, I really, I'm quite concerned. That you, you? Might, you know, you might get a little too close to your subject matter or somebody on the street or ordering your coffee. So you're being good, are you? Can I tell you something, Ben? So we do these <laughs> trips, these Oilers Now road trips, three times a year and yes. through the show. And uh, Dennis Oliberti from the group at New West Travel, and they come in and they meet me wherever the team is out of the road. And for the last two years, I have not shook hands with the people on the trip because yeah. of a bit of – and it's it's funny – I won't say who the media member was, but it reminded me of the Johnny Depp portrayal of the boss, the Boston mobster. Oh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Whitey Bulger. I forget the name of the movie. Uh, anyways, yeah, in the movie, at the start uh, of the movie. Um, mass, something Mass. Something yeah, mass. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Black Mass? Maybe Black Mass was at it right at the start of the movie. Do you know that Whitey Bulger, the big Bruins fan, was actually here in Vancouver for Game 7 in 2011? Really? He was in the stands before they caught him in, I believe it was San Diego. He yeah, was he, in Vancouver. Now, we had Craig McTavish on a number of years ago talking about the night the lights went out. And there was, so, there was so, uh, back in 1988, and there was yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. an offhanded joke like, look, did Whitey have enough control? And was somebody losing some money on oh, the Oilers? Sure. Get, 
Yes, the, I can right? see that. Yeah, hand on the and, switch. All right, back to back to Black Mass and back to. Anyways, remember the opening scene where the guy's sitting there picking at the nuts and oh, licking them off his fingers and then putting his hand back in the bowl. I'm just happy to remember things these days. Yeah, I'm really, you know, cause there's only three days in COVID: yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So don't even ask me what day. It is. <laughs> okay. I bring this up. I bring this up because okay. I kid you not, there is a media member. The night of the when all hell broke loose with the NBA, there was a media member, uh, not affiliated with this radio station, may I add, and he stuck his hand in the chip bowl, and I looked at him. Somebody I may have worked with. No. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I won't say who it is. The guy's actually a team. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, right. especially given, like, in the in the preceding days before that, they'd enacted all these structure, uh, structuring of, uh, yeah. you know, uh, social distancing policy of the players and everything. It's, it's and and it just, you know what, the guy was so, he just kind of picked it at a couple. I don't think he touched any on the, the other no. chips, but he put it no. in. So we have a chip bowl set up, and I'm like, no. oh, man, there's it's there's double like, dipping. Bob, like, that's you can't, episode. That you stuff can't will never dip. be allowed again. You'll never. <laughs> <laughs> it's but I so oh. some some have accused me, Ben, in the last couple of years of becoming a little uh, excessive in that regard. But well, I get that too. But that's okay. And, and now it is for sure. It, it, it and it is. Yeah. It, yeah. All right. So tell me this. Uh, I know you're working on a story. Part of the reason why we got you on today is uh, we had a conversation, and I know you're working on a story. Vancouver, like Edmonton, wants to be one of the hosting locations for these pods, for these games, if they theoretically get set up. What were, what can you tell us about what's going on right now in, in BC and maybe specific to the Vancouver market? Uh, well, I think specific to the, the Vancouver market, you know, they, they think here that the logistics work on some way, shape, or form. I mean, the city has a long and rich hockey hosting history. There's no doubt about that. Of course, Edmonton has, you know, the sparkling, spacious new arena that, that just checks all the boxes. I, I think from a, from a city's perspective, you're looking at a, the, the number one industry in Vancouver is tourism. And whether that's conventions, whether that's the cruise ship season that has gone south, that usually starts here in May, uh, or everything that Vancouver usually attracts in, in the summer season, just with with, with regular vacationers, um, there's a, a real problem here. I mean, you've got at least a dozen, and I was looking at this this morning just to remind myself, there are a dozen five-star hotels in downtown Vancouver with rooms from like 400 to 700. So I think from a Canucks perspective, when they started looking at some of the logistics here, they're thinking that, well, um, yeah, you like to keep everything centralized. I mean, the arena does not have enough uh, locker room space. I think there's only really 2.5 locker rooms that are NHL caliber. The gym's not that big. There's not a practice facility attached to the building like it is in Edmonton. Uh, you've got a JW married across the street, and we've got one just down the block. Um, but from a Vancouver perspective, the thinking here is that uh, without a practice facility and so many NHL caliber rinks in the area, you know, you're a 10-minute drive from the Pacific Coliseum if you want to hold practices all day. Um, there are um, 
treatment, you know, for not just the gyms, but players needing treatment. Uh, there are some world-class facilities in Vancouver, again, a 10-minute drive from Rogers Arena. So I can understand that, and I can understand it from franchise and from a business perspective. I mean, you're trying to recoup money uh, and having uh, charging people rent to use your building, having catering services, whatever, whatever else you can provide. I understand that. I, I, I heard about this a while ago, and it doesn't surprise me that it's kind of come to fruition here in terms of submitting a formal bid. But uh, really, when you look at all the criteria, um, Edmonton has a leg up in terms of some of the things you need to have in place. And, you know, you and I have talked about uh, there is a bigger thing that has to be in place. Uh, you're testing players who are going to be basically sequestered in a hotel room for months and not seeing families. There are bigger issues than saying we have better sushi than you. So Yeah. We'll All right. Well, let's, look, let's get to – so here's the thing. Uh BC right now is sitting, uh, Alberta has, and these numbers are up to the moment as we speak, 5,836 positive uh, cases for COVID. BC is only at 2,200. However, uh, BC's only administrated uh, 96,000 tests. Alberta's done 165,000. Off the top of my head, it's basically per capita. Uh, Alberta's done twice as many tests as BC. Uh, Alberta, though, does now have a higher death rate than BC, just marginal, and they're both quite low. Like, uh, they're both around 25 deaths per million. Conversely, Quebec right now is at 285 deaths per million, which is actually exceeding that of the United States, which I think some Canadians would find uh, both disappointing and, frankly, surprising. Uh, I know the Edmonton numbers. I know you've seen the Edmonton numbers. You know, Edmonton's got 8% of the positive uh, uh, corona cases, uh, COVID-19 cases in Alberta. Edmonton's got under 85 active cases. Only 12 of uh, Alberta's 104 deaths have taken place in the Edmonton Health region. What are the numbers? How badly, like BC's got good overall numbers. What have the numbers been like specifically on the COVID side, uh, Ben, in Vancouver? Yeah, you know, it's different in BC because you have so many different health regions. You mentioned the total amount of cases, and it's 22-24. New cases in the last two days, because they don't report on the weekend, uh, 53, and in about an hour and a half here, we're going to get another provincial update. There's 77 people in the hospital. 117 have died. Uh, 1,417 have actually recovered. Uh, It's interesting in Vancouver because we want to know about the city per se. Uh, Vancouver Coastal Health Region includes uh, Vancouver, it includes Richmond, North Vancouver, West Vancouver, the Sunshine Coast, and as you go up toward Whistler. And of the 2,200 uh, cases, 885 are in uh, Vancouver Coastal. That's second highest to Fraser Valley, which is your as you leave Vancouver and you get into the valley and you get into Langley and you get into Abbotsford and you get into Chilliwack. And, of course, in Vancouver, uh, two-thirds, uh, at least two-thirds of the cases, I think it's closer to three-quarters, have been in the seniors' residences. So but that's not unusual with a, with a lot of cities. You know, what's happened here, uh, Ben, is there's been a lot of criticism of how things have been handled, specifically in Cargill. Uh, with the meatpacking yeah. plant, which, you know, in, in High River and a couple of them, frankly, uh, in, in, in southern Alberta. And the uh, UCP have received a fair amount of criticism levied against them with the NDP. Uh, generally, I think most Albertans are happy with the amount of tests that have been conducted. There's been over 7,000 tests in Edmonton in the last eight days and only 24 positive tests. That's uh, 0.35%, which is uh, quite minuscule. Uh, has there been criticism at all directed 
the the NDP's way in BC for the fact that you know they're testing uh, right now. I believe they they have they're doing the lowest amount of testing per capita in the country. Well, I you know it, it's taken a long time here to have a situation where you can drive into a, a big parking lot and there's there's a stadium in in Burnaby, a Swan Guard Stadium that's uh, obviously a sporting complex that they set up weeks ago for testing. Uh, you can just drive in. You don't need to have. Uh, a permission slip from your doctor you can be tested and they're ramping it up to seven thousand a day and really okay. that's that's not that's better but when you consider the population um it it's it, it should be ramped up more uh, i think that i give vancouver credit for being care, somewhat careful uh, in terms of reopening i mean we don't have a plan in place provincially yet we're going to hear right. it tomorrow about social distancing and what businesses can open up on on a, on a cautious scale so uh, I don't have a problem with that. Um, as you mentioned, that that uh, you know the, the testing per se, BC's had great numbers when you look nationally, but we just haven't tested as much, and and, and there's a real, uh, real push here now to ramp that part up. Well, they did jump quite significantly here over the last couple of days. I, I know that in terms of their t- uh, their, their actual administered uh, test yeah. totals in the province of BC. So it's interesting to to watch moving forward. Uh, we're joined by Ben Kuzma from Post Media again. Vancouver trying to get in the mix. Uh, a lot of people think Edmonton's in a good spot now. Have you heard anything about the fact this? Somebody brought up to me. They said, "Well, actually, Bob, there's no guarantee that if you got it, you'd get the Pacific Division." I was like. What? <laughs> Well, I'm like, what? What would be like? I totally get that the NHL, if we're lucky enough to be playing again, would want to play in at least two of the four centers in Canada, yeah. just because it keep the dollar totals down at the seventy cents Canadian dollar. But well, there is that, can- and I think a lot of it is going to be predicated too on on just you know what are we going back to eventually if we do go back? Are we going right. back. Uh, on the condition that they're going to finish the regular season because of TV contracts and you don't want that money to disappear? Or are we going to get into some sort of a, a brief exhibition season and get into a 2014 style play in tournament? Uh, and then, you know, whether it's Edmonton or Vancouver, uh, you could be hosting teams from, you know, the Central Division or whatever, and it's going to be more spread out. And you're talking, obviously, about cross-border traffic. And there's all kinds of things at play. The more you think about it, the more things you think about it. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, look, it's still... And on that note, do you think we're going to play? Do you think we're going to have a resumption? I'm unfortunately, I think this is this is more about money than you know. You're talking about a billion dollars in losses. If you can somehow have the conclusion of the regular season and a postseason, you're, you're going to recoup half of that one billion. If you just do the tournament, it's one third of that total. So I know there's an appetite to, to recoup that and there's sort of an appetite from the players in terms of their escrow not going through the roof um but on a personal basis i i just i just don't understand without testing in place without a vaccine and i know a lot of this is to keep you know hockey in the consciousness here but my goodness uh, we can talk about edmonton or vancouver being a better city uh, a suitable city but without the proper testing and, and testing that doesn't take away from joe average that, that they're not taking oh yeah the ability to be tested and it have to be your, quick your citizens and it, has it to would be have quick to be and quick. it has to be repetitive well uh, it, it can't be just it can't be a one term it can't be okay we're testing you at the start and then that's okay it's going to have to be at least, at least be a weekly proposition and i know the, the players are, are concerned about that and then they're yes, concerned they about being away from family so man i mean as much as uh, people are missing the game uh, I think some people are missing the point of what's more important here. I guess where I'm coming from, on, look, I want to see hockey as, as much as the next guy. My my concern is 
there just seems to be so many hurdles to make and you know what else you got to have political will at the highest levels in this country that means the federal government and uh you know the federal the federal government is um they've spent a lot of money here moving forward and looked after a lot of different sets of people and a lot of different uh entities and and God knows a lot of those groups needed it, and I just I don't know how much political like I, I it would not surprise. Look, you know the Canucks have talked to the BC government. Uh-huh. We, you know that both the Flames and the Oilers have talked to the Alberta government. Yep. I think there would be a political will in Alberta to try to make this happen. I'm not sure the same will is held at the federal level. I got to tell you that. Well, we're expecting some um, some comments this afternoon provincially, but like you said, uh, at the federal level, I'm not so sure. I'm not so but, sure. Ben, best of luck uh, dealing with things, and I don't think we'll have any more chipples in another. Uh, when, if and when we ever get back, I think I think those are. Uh, so uh, hopefully you can double dip on the career side, but not necessarily into the chipple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We're all we're all we're all hanging in. We're all uh, trying to stay safe and stay healthy. So uh, stay safe, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, Ben Kuzma joining us from Post Media out of Vancouver. It's 149 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. You know, we talk about the fun stuff in life, uh, like hockey and this day in Oilers history, and uh, opened up uh, talking about the game back in uh, 2017 and I know we were frustrated and as exasperated as could be. Well, that's the toy department of life. And today is also the anniversary, 1945, Canada liberated uh, the Netherlands. Over 7,500 Canadian soldiers uh, died uh, as they were able to... uh, liberate uh, Netherlands from the Germans in the Second World War. So uh, stuff like that always puts uh, everything else in perspective. I think that's a given, and I don't think I'm coming across as being, I think the majority of you listening to the show right now would have a great appreciation for what the Canadian soldiers did uh, uh, back. And again, today is uh, Liberation Day from uh, 1945. Uh, We do have, uh, we're going to go... Just this day in Oilers history, we have two different ones. We open up with the fact that uh, we all remember what happened between the Edmonton Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks. But Brendan Escott has got another this day in Oilers history going back to May 5th of 1988. I figured we'd change it up a little bit because I saw your tweet. Uh, The Oilers beat the Red Wings 5-3 to jump out to a 2-0 series lead in the Campbell Conference Finals. They scored three third period goals in a span of just over five minutes to pull off that victory. Mark Messier with two goals, two helpers, and then Yari Curry and Wayne Gretzky each with three point nights as well. I listened to that game, high-pointing a truck up near Fox Creek to be able to uh, listen to that broadcasting. Uh, Would have been working in 1988 for Suga, reforestation, back in the day. So there you have it. 1988, which, by the way, Brendan, I don't know if you're aware of this, but that came with a rather uh, disappointing end for Jacques Demers' squad in 88. They had to come back to Edmonton for Game 5, and guess what they did the night before Game 5? They went to Goose Loonies. (laughs) It was a big story. (laughs) Five or six guys. I was watching Last Dance last night, and they talked about the uh, Bulls in 93 playing the Knicks, and the Knicks built a really uh, defensively tenacious team under Pat Riley, and... uh, 
in between game one and game two of their uh, Eastern Conference final series. Michael Jordan went into Atlantic City and all hell broke loose. And uh, the Knicks ended up winning game two and went up two games to nothing in the series. And people thought the Bulls weren't going to three-peat. And <laughs> then Jordan decided to elevate. And the Bulls won the next four games of the series. And all I can think of is, uh, man, and it's it's documented that they went to Goose Lilies. We've talked about it on the show before. All right, uh, tomorrow we got a loaded show for you. We'll have Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. I, I don't know if he went to Goose Looney's uh, back in the day. David Staples. I, <laughs> I know a few guys who did. David Staples from the uh, Cult of Hockey. Our NHL insider, John Shannon. Uh, you know, these used to be called call-in shows. They are now text-in shows. And a special thanks to all of you that text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line throughout the course of today's show. Some wonderful... Uh, memories of uh, musical acts gone past that roared their way in Edmonton. Try to stay positive. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jalen Nye. Later tonight, Reed Wilkins with Inside Sports from 7 to 8. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.